0: Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 67. Uh, It's Tom and me chatting about some stuff, uh, getting updates from each other about what's going on in our lives. Uh, We talk about uh, my first year in the job as a student affairs professional full-time. We also talk a lot about uh, the identity crisis that was uh, a topic of an essay chat recently about being valued uh, by your institution, uh, external validation, being validated by faculty and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and where our place is in an institution. So um, talk about that a lot. That's kind of the main focus of the episode. We talk about some other stuff as well. Um, so check out the show notes for all of the stuff that we mention. Big thank you, as always, for everyone listening and sharing their thoughts on Twitter. It's always nice uh, hearing little anecdotes and snippets of what you like about the episodes. You'll definitely get a shout-out from me, at least, if not from uh, our essay blog Twitter handle, if you are sharing out the morsels of uh, episodes that you're listening to that you found to be especially relevant and engaging.
1: Before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the National Center for Student Life, which hosts the National Conference on Student Leadership coming up this fall from November 19th to the 22nd in Washington, D.C. Since 1978, NCSL has trained thousands of students and advisors in heart-centered, values-based leadership skills designed to help drive transformative change within the individual and on campus. I've spoken personally at NCSL for the past five years and I've seen firsthand how the NCSL Conference helps students and advisors apply learning to address the real challenges that are, they're facing on their campus and in their community through this thing they call the NCSL Call to Action Program. NCSL really brings together the country's best leadership presenters into one place to give both the students and the advisors this this life-changing experience. And I've always been blown away at the level of value received from their conferences. And in addition to hearing from these amazing top-notch presenters, students also learn from each other in this student forum on civic engagement And I should note, NCSL is the first student leadership conference to offer students the opportunity to earn a digital badge to document their leadership development. So if you're looking for a student leadership conference to attend, I highly recommend checking out NCSL at nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. That's nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. With that, let's get going and get this show on the road. This is the the means do just, or the ends justify the means or something, whatever that saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. Everything looks like it's coming through. All right. It's here. We're ready to roll. Nice. So I know you're, you're always out and about, like what's the, what's the latest from your travels? How's it going?
1: (laughs) The latest, the latest from my travels. Um, It's orientation season. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that most people outside of student affairs don't get is that, while the rest of the world goes from graduation to summer mode, people in student affairs are already thinking about the next class. Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, this is the class of 2019. That means next year's 2020. And I'm not talking about vision. People. <laughs> like, this is, it, it's just wild to think that that's going to happen. T- students are going to be walking around with t shirts that say, 2020 or my vision's 2020 like the, the puns are endless yeah
0: it's gonna be a good year yeah it's gonna, <laughs> the t-shirts are gonna be just they're just gonna write themselves <laughs>
1: <laughs> in fact now that i think about it i think we should switch the whole premise of what we're doing to just uh focus on 2020 t-shirts
0: Mm-hmm. yeah because it'd be just a lot of like eyesight, vision, you know, kind of puns and stuff. Yeah, yep. just, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be big, but um, yeah. So that's the biggest thing. Uh, a lot. I used to. Once upon a time, I used to have summers, and now not so much anymore because it's a lot more uh, schools that I'm working with, doing four orientations spread out throughout the summer. You know, the bigger the bigger schools, and usually the more established, like four year schools, have one orientation, but a lot of the two year and smaller schools and commuter heavy schools and non-traditional school, uh, student schools, they have their orientation spread out throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, a it, it's been interesting to watch just how from school to school orientations are just, just different and how there's not one set sort of like established. This is how we should do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've even seen different stuff just at the few places I've been, but, um, yeah, I mean and I I love orientation. It's a you know, it's an exciting season. You know, just a lot of uh wide-eyed students are excited about the next chapter and kind of all the possibilities and stuff of uh, you know, college life and stuff. So, yeah, we just wrapped up our uh week of new student orientation here. So, that was a lot of fun because I actually got to help uh, plan and manage and everything. So, like seeing all of that work come to fruition, it's always exciting for anything that you do. So, um yeah, I'm just yeah. kind of catching up on stuff this week as it was like kind of consumed my whole week last week.
1: <laughs> can I can I uh, um, can I give a PSA for a second? Absolutely. All right. It's it's on transfer students mm-hmm. um, because I, I, we give so much effort and resources to the to the students that are coming in, and yet sometimes somehow this transfer uh orientation becomes like a second thought. Mm-hmm. And transfer students then become a second thought. And being someone who went to a two-year and then was a transfer student, um, I, I definitely felt that. And I, I remember I wrote a blog post a while ago uh that was titled The Four Reasons Why we Why We're Failing Our Two Year Transfer Student Leaders. And specifically I'm talking about the student leaders. And I would love for someone out there to do a, a, a dissertation on this. Uh, because I think heavily involved two-year student leaders who go on to their four-year really struggle. Uh, and the four reasons I give, and I won't dig into it, but the four reasons in the blog post I give are, uh, number one, is they, they have trouble breaking into the ar- already established social circles of the juniors and seniors. Uh, number two uh the prior leadership experience that they had at their two year just isn't as valued as much when they enter their four year. Mm -hmm. You know, they they're like, well I was VP, so I should be president this year. And people are like, VP of what? You weren't here. So then they get sort of knocked back down to the bottom. Uh which is number three, they have to start from the bottom. So they have to because they don't they don't their proof isn't valued, they have to start as a senator or whatever and work their way back up in their organization. And then the last one is, um, there's not enough time, uh, and, and they're, they're playing catch-up. Because of the, uh, the three above, now they're starting to play catch-up on everything that they would already done in their first two years. Uh, and so now they're playing catch-up and trying to do it all in two years. And I've just heard from a lot of uh, student leaders who went from two years to four years, and they're struggling. They're really struggling. So yeah. there you go. PSA, help our student leaders who are transfer students.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll have to I'll search for that blog post and we'll link to it so people can kind of read the full um, the full thing there. But yeah, I think it is just in general. It's sometimes people just don't know what to do with transfer students, where it's like, well, they probably already had orientation before. Or they might have already had different stuff, but it's like, like yeah, they still want to be like welcomed though. They still want to like you know they came here for a reason to like their next institution. So you know, I've seen some places do specific transfer orientation days, and some people just kind of lump them in with everybody else, which I think it it. it it is something that is deserving of its own focus. Like I've, uh, when I was at Rutgers, they did um, sort of an abbreviated orientation for their transfer students. They did like a two day for their uh, new incoming students. So like they were able to kind of focus the days that they did for their transfers.
1: Transfer students are the eggplant of the cheese plate. No one knows what to do.
0: (laughs) It's good. Does that
1: work? work I think so. I think it works. Yeah. everyone's um, trying to visualize because they're you know the eggplant just sits there and they're like do we put it on i guess we'll try it out and see i don't
0: know never mind yeah. right. yeah, it's, it? it's good enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's good co- i mean and you're you're still doing i mean you're kind of booked out through like most of the summer right for going places so you're just you're keeping on keeping on
1: yeah keep on keeping on orientation and then it rolls right into august and and just like um yeah just like everyone that listens to this podcast that's august september like the that go time
0: uh-huh.
1: so yeah. uh, it, it'll, it'll be a fun ride it's it, it's exciting um, going to be working with a lot of schools across the country and specifically trying to build out um, how uh, specifically interested in, in this year in retention uh, data like how do you how do you actually the schools that aren't measuring it what's a simple way we can help them get some data mm. to have a baseline for it but then also, uh, go from engagement outside the classroom to proving that that does lead to some level of retention increase.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, what's on uh, a lot of people's minds, especially some of the, the higher-ups, that's what they're they're seeing and thinking about a lot. It's just, how, you know, obviously that it manifests in all the, the programs and initiatives and support that we do of just you know, keeping students, you know, engaged and retained throughout all their years, so. Um,
1: yeah, and yeah. what about you? This is... Uh, this is your your like. Do you get a merit badge? This is your first year uh, as an essay pro out of grad school.
0: Yeah, it is a it's a big milestone. Yeah, uh, I'll link to the the post because it has some um, some other thoughts I blogged on my own uh, site about just my immediate reflections. I put that out a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a big deal. It's a bit a interesting learning experience. And I know we kind of um, you know kind of going over what we wanted to talk about for today and stuff like. Are um, they trying to capture it in like some sort of, you know, like lessons and stuff, just to kind of focus it a little bit? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 been yeah, an I, interesting I, year. Yeah,
1: I'll say that's a question for you. If you could summarize, maybe some of your your top two or three lessons that were your your aha's for you in your first year that. Maybe you know they talked about in grad school, but then you get to you get to the full time position. You are like, oh, so this is what it's like. Yeah. What would those top two or three be for you?
0: Oh man, um, I think a big one, and it's just something that um, is talked about a lot. And I think it's just it's an evolving viewpoint or perspective on it for me. Is just the fit, um, and just I think that's it, it's just an evolving thing of figuring out you know what do I need what is important to me, and um, how does that actually manifest, because I um, thought a lot about that, but then actually being in a full-time professional job for a year and realizing, like, yeah, there's things that I like, there's things that I didn't, and that's, like, continually kind of, you know, molding uh, what it is of, like, the sort of organization, the type of work, the priorities and stuff, Um, figuring that out, I mean, because it's so important, because I feel like I I fit in okay here, but some of their priorities and just how their their structure of the organization is here is just you know, I I find myself feeling kind of frustrated or stifled a lot. So I think that's, that's a huge thing that I'm continuing to realize the continued importance of it, of figuring out uh, what I really need to succeed. And um, I think another one is, I think it's, it it takes away a little bit of the the pressure, I guess, for, uh, for other people is that I think it's, Maybe maybe, it, maybe it's just my experience, but I think it's hard to know everything about a place before you start working there um, because they're going to put on a face. They're going to put on um, kind of the, the best portrayal of everything, and then, like, I don't know what I don't know sort of thing. I don't know what to ask questions about until I get there and I'm in the system, and it's like, oh, man, I wish I would have known about this uh, beforehand. Or there's sometimes where, like, there's variables at play that... Even if I asked the question, they wouldn't have been able to say with certainty of like, "Oh yeah, this is what's going to happen." You know, seven months into your uh, tenure, you know, of just like how things will go. But um, so that's one thing. I think it's hard to know everything uh, exactly how it's going to be, and then sometimes it's stuff will just happen that you could never have expected. I think the last thing is just realizing, maybe especially at a small school uh, like the one I'm at now, is just that. I can do as much as I feel like I want to do (laughs) because there's always stuff to get done. There's always projects that can be taken on or volunteering or getting involved in uh, the community outside of the institution and all that. I've had the the privilege and the the pleasure of having some opportunities like serving on search committees, which is really awesome uh, to hire full time staff. Uh, Like I said, I helped with orientation and that was a several month process of just helping manage the registrants and do outreach and kind of having my input valued about the sessions and all that kind of stuff. And there's easily more stuff that I could have taken on or I could have worked longer days or, you know, taken less vacation time and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I I appreciate that I've had time to um, go to like I went to ACPA this year and I've had the time to take long weekends of trips and spend quality time with my partner and stuff and um, just know yeah. I could have easily stuffed that time full of other stuff, but I uh, appreciate that I knew about the sort of balance that I wanted. But um, I can't say that there's any uh, sort of deficit of things that I could have done to, like, you know, better myself. Like I could have taken classes. I just haven't really had that itch yet. Um, yeah. So what, yeah.
1: Well, I have a question on that. Uh, the first point where you were saying, you know, I i, I want, I've I figured out what I need to be successful. How much does an essay grad get to be able to say in that in in that regard? Between what do I need versus what does the job or the institution require? And and you know you, finding that balance between there versus you saying you know, like, what is that balance between it's about me versus it's about the job or the institution?
0: Hmm. Or is
1: it? Yeah, I guess that's a question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a tough one. I guess. I mean, I, I certainly don't have, you know, the capital to like move my weight around of saying like you should do things this way or that way. Um, so I think it's like you have to take take what you can get, understand how they do things and kind of go with that. Um, but I think there is also value in being kind of the new kid on the block and seeing things a little bit differently. And I can provide like a different viewpoint of kind of, you know, uh, shaping things to fit me better, I guess. I'm just like, well, you guys should do this. Like this might, you know, give you uh, this benefit if you did things a certain way. So, um, so I think it's, it's just an increasing self-awareness and maybe that is just depending on the SA grad experience, you might have more or less of that and understanding, uh, who you are, your work style, how you get work done, uh, your work-life balance needs and stuff and, um, all of that. And so I think I had a fair amount of that and I think I just didn't have a full picture of, exactly how things were going to happen at the job and again just like not being able to know everything there are certain things I just I could not have possibly known even if I asked questions about it so um, that sort of uh, was kind of like, you know putting like the square peg in a circle hole or something like you know that was sort of forced upon me and it just was how it was going to be like I couldn't have changed that of just I talk about it in the post there's just some weird stuff just like I don't know there's the department here kind of feeling not valued by the rest of the institution and feeling like we're sort of a sort of a joke sometimes but um some of the some of that that was put upon us i could never have known i could not have controlled it was very much you know the politics and stuff that's way above my pay grade but um i think there's equal parts on both sides it's it's on the the individual to know to have some self-awareness about themselves and find something that is going to be maybe a compromise in terms of fit and sometimes you just need to understand and get as full a picture as you can of what an institution is like and how they get worked on, what their priorities are um, yeah. and those sort of things.
1: Well, it's funny you bring up, uh, I don't know, not funny, but the funny that you bring up the, your department sometimes to the rest of the institution feels like a joke because uh-huh. uh, that's been, that that was a topic over this last quarter on SA chat multiple times it came up. Um, and. And I remember for the pot, there was this podcast uh, I did with um, uh, with uh, uh, Angus Johnson from uh-huh. uh, student activism, and I asked him because he's on the faculty side of the institution. I said, "Well, with all your work with student activism, what are what are what are some like tips that you could give the essay pros to help reach across to to build the bridge between the co-curricular and the curricular?" And his response was a. Uh, was just it was surprising me because he paused for a moment, and then he went, "Well, you know, I've never really thought about that one, or like some variation of that." And I and it blew my mind because I don't know any essay pro that doesn't on a daily or weekly basis think about how they can use their work to support the curricular side of the institution. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like there's a one-way street going on. Um, and, and that, that brings up a plethora of identity crises, uh, uh, in, in terms of the value of a student affairs professional and uh, what is the role of a student affairs professional on the campus.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, cause I know, yeah, that's sort of, a uh, um, yeah, cause I, I think what I, what I think, what I think about for that is that it's. The issues there for people is the need that they have to be externally validated by other people and I think a big thing for me is that you sort of have to find meaning in your work yourself a lot of the time and it's just because I think yeah it's like you can't just wait around all the time for people to thank you all the time or do those sort of things like it's because you could be doing literally anything like if you are just you know I don't know, just kind of doing a job that somebody might think is menial or, uh, you know, not glamorous and stuff. If you're finding meaning in it, you're finding fulfillment, like that's all that matters. So it's, you know, I think the, you have to, the identity crisis and the self-worth, like it's, I think it's important for people to find that in themselves because, yeah, it's going to be a one-way street sometimes because they're very different worlds and it's a, a truism through many things in life that I think I've discovered is that it's very easy for people to be selfish. So when they're not, that's like a rare treat and a positive thing and it should be encouraged and fostered because I know like it manifests when, you know, I have friends who ask me to hang out, you know, it's easy for them to just like do their own thing and not even think about me but if they reach out and say like hey Dustin I would like to go grab coffee with you like I'm at the very least always going to say like thank you so much for asking you I really appreciate that and oftentimes I will always reciprocate that by saying like yes let's totally do it that's like you know let's make it happen um yeah. so they have to like yeah. kind of encourage that and um, because I think it is it's just easy for people to like you know in the faculty realm there e- it's easy for them to be so much in their own world that they're not even aware of all this other stuff going on
1: I, I want to like I, I want to draw two sides to it. One side is what you just brought up: is like, do we do 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 I as an individual look for external validation or do I find it internally? And any soul-searching book that you read, uh, pretty much the summary is uh, you have to you have to build the internal value mm-hmm. because there's always going to be someone doing more than you or less than you in the world. Um, and uh, Louis C.K. had a great bit about that, talking about New York. And New York always puts you in your place because you'll look great that day and you'll walk out and there'll be someone better looking than you and someone <laughs> worse looking and someone who made more money than you, less money. And so like this whole like trying to value what you do externally is really difficult. So look inward. But then there's the other part of it is like, what's the what's the what's the functioning purpose of your department? Um are you? Are you, and and it seemed like in the conversation it came down to three camps. One camp was we are. In the summary, I remember that came up in the conversation was we are the we are the bridesmaid to the bride, hmm. and the bride is the academic side of the institution, and we're the bridesmaids. So our job is to support and make sure that they look good and everything that they can do their job the best. Um, then the other the other side was like, well research is show research uh shows that the the skills employees are the need uh aren't coming from within the classroom work but all the co-curricular work and so in fact our work is what employers are looking for when the student joins a an extracurricular activity or gets involved in in campus life outside of the classroom or builds relationships with faculty, staff, and administration outside the classroom. And so then there's that part of it where you're almost like, well, we're actually what employers want, so we're important. And then there's some hybrid between the two. Uh, and, and gosh, it's, it's, it, was, it was pretty split. Um, and, and now I know why when people are like, I have an identity crisis as to my role. There's the internal side of it, validation of like is the work valued, and then there's the external side of it of like, um, what what am I doing? Um, who what is my actual role here? And I think it depends who you talk to, how they feel about it.
0: Yeah, man. I guess it's one just not like a like a clearly right answer because I think yeah. I mean, a lot of the times I what I view it as is that like managing my building half the time especially with it being like an upper class building like you know I want to make sure these students are supported and have a safe quiet place so that they can you know thrive and succeed as a student you know be able to study and um, rest and be relaxed and all that like that's a big part of what I think my job here at least in how it work how everything kind of manifests here um but yeah but I that,
1: mean, but, it, yeah. but then but then it was just a week ago two weeks ago cuz I didn't want that song to come about a week ago <laughs> You can't say that anymore without nope, a group nope. of students going. About <laughs> Anyways, uh, about two weeks ago, there was a, it was a New York Times or some uh, publication came out with a, 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 an article that was um, that was why higher ed costs are through the roof, and right. it was basically, you know, everything that was co-curricular, student affairs related, that were just ballooning the costs outside the classroom, and so. Yeah, I, uh, you know, and so like it's, it's tricky because all the true, the, the, the state funding really, sh- most, a lot of it goes directly to the academic side of the institution. And so that's, if that's where, and that's the purpose is that students there to get a job and, and a degree, or, sorry, a degree and an education and leave, then we're the bridesmaid to the bride. Uh, and then you got the other side of it and i don't know i, I just want i want to argue that the culture in which that student enters is just as important to the development of the content that it's re- that student receives hmm. and and that's the piece that i don't know how to prove that yet but if you can it, maybe it's similar to employees in in the culture of the company. Um, and if you pull it away from students and you say, how do the faculty, staff and administration feel about working here? And and if they if they feel good, then they're going to do better at their jobs. And so maybe the same can be applied. and I'd love for someone to challenge me back on this or praise it back. I don't care either way. but the student going to class, that's the employee doing their job, but then the student's time, in between that space or while they're in that space, uh, how do they feel? Do they feel welcome, connected and engaged? Do they feel is the
0: culture there? Um, you know, those are all
1: those are the questions. Yeah,
0: actually, and I started thinking about just what you're saying is that like it may be um, a bit more of like, uh, like I was saying, like, do I feel valued as an employee here? Because that's going to impact my ability or desire to do good work. So like, it's unfortunately been at times where I do not feel that way. So it's been kind of frustrating with like how the system is working that I'm like, you know, kind of throw my arms up in the air and kind of feel like, you know, what's the point. But um, yeah, I mean, and it, I think it's, you know, it's just, I think that there has to be that sort of yin and yang 50 50, you know, between faculty and student affairs that like we're on the same team, let's not, you know, get at each other's throats or anything over this sort of thing and feel like we can support each other and, Compliment I, each other and stuff like that.
1: But I want to say that. And then I talked to the facu- one faculty member, you know, so it's anecdotal point. But he says, you know, I've never thought about that question. <laughs> so I, I wonder actually how many faculty members are actually actively thinking about that and leveraging what student affairs are for their value. Imagine if, imagine, I mean, if faculty went, uh, the, the history department went, went to student activities, and said, hey, this is my lesson. This is my curriculum coming up. Can we align on some of the stuff you're working on on campus? Like how, I don't, has that ever happened? Or is it always from, from student affairs to the, the faculty?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's student affairs to faculty, unfortunately, from my perspective. That's, it
1: I think it is. So yeah. if you have a school that has it going the other way, uh, let us know. Tweet at us. Uh, and, and let us know because we would love to hear it and maybe even feature uh, what you're doing at your school on this podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That would be re- really cool to hear. Um, well, uh, just looking at the time, I, guess, I know we wanted to talk about uh, one more thing, and I'd be interested in kind of going into it a little bit in depth and just understanding uh, the thought process behind uh, what we're doing here. So I know you wanted to mention the SA Grad Scholarship, Why don't you give some people some context, some history, sort of how this is working and stuff, just so people get the full picture.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, So overview is 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 this year, uh, the Student Affairs Collective, which is the home for this podcast, uh, for the essay chat conversation archives, I should say, because the conversation happens on Twitter. Um, it, it's, it it grows year over year, and I was just actually looking at the stats for the first half of this year compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the total number of uh, users and pay, uh, so viewers and page views is eighty uh, percent higher than last year. Um, and so, just for those data folk out there, last year for the first six months, there were fifty two thousand, or sorry, 9, ninety one thousand page views, and this year. For the first six months, we're already up to 164,000 page views. Wow! Uh, so, you know, about an 80 percent increase uh, so far, and with that, uh, we've been able to um, take uh, on some some. Uh, you've noticed take on some sponsorships, both here at the podcast, but then also the website itself. But then also um, have some product uh, that we've been able to take with the content, the amazing content, package it together, leveraging from some of the essay pros to help us put it together, and then push that back out into the world as an easier to digest uh, ebook um, and future product to come. So, with all that, uh, one of the things we really wanted to do was commit to saying that of all the, the revenue coming through, a big chunk has to keep us keep the lights on here at Sun Affairs Collective. So that's happening. But then another chunk of it, we want to build towards um, uh, a essay grad scholarship. And I know some of the national organizations used to do this, uh, but then it sort of faltered and Ed Cabellon was a champion for a bit. Um, and I think it went under ACPA for a little and it didn't quite get going within ACPA. So we said, you know, we're just going to launch it again. Uh, and so, within the the SAC world, we've been building up uh, a percentage of all the revenue coming through. I think it's ten percent of all the revenue coming through goes towards a scholarship. And this fall, we're going to have our first scholarship that goes out. And based on the amount of money that's in, uh, there'll be a submission process and um, some sort of uh, uh, filtering process to help a certain number of SA grads go to national conferences. So hopefully they get to choose which conference they go to, um, and then uh, the money will go towards that, which go back to the core mission of Student Affairs Collective. It's peer-to-peer learning and, and, and helping each other to play, learn, and grow together. So these SA grads just don't have the money, so that the grads who do and the professionals who do, who are help supporting the site financially, mm-hmm. let's use some of that money then. To get these essay grads to reach new levels of success, and ultimately they become the champions for the new grads, and it's a cycle.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and I know. Um, oh, who was it that did that? I think it was Mallory Bower did uh, sorry, something similar, but it's you know she got a lot of support for that. I know, like we uh, us being able to do it and keep it like a regular thing within our organization is just it's a nice uh, chance because I mean yeah, I was essay grad a, a short time ago, and it was always kind of a uh, tough choice, and because uh, I really wanted to go to uh, conventions and stuff and start to get myself involved in the field and learn from other people, but it is it's 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 tough because it's uh, a lot of the time uh, grad students don't don't get a whole lot of support from either their office or their institution or their program and that kind of stuff. Like I, I had uh, very limited reimbursements and stuff for um, when I was going out. So uh, yeah. definitely really excited for this to get out to the world. It's an inaugural season of the scholarship. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just link over to the page so people can check it out for the, the scholarship and see where it's at. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's just going to be more details to come about uh, getting that out, and people can uh, yeah just see what that's all about. So um, yeah,
1: yep we got we got a lot of a lot of fun stuff new new uh, ebook coming out. Men in Student Affairs is is got to be coming out any day now. Uh, probably by the time this podcast goes live, it will be out. So that will be good. Yeah. Um, and then um, a, a few other additional things in the works. Um, yeah, we're gonna keep keep playing
0: around. Yeah, it's always exciting <laughs> all the new stuff that's coming out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, appreciate it. always. I always just thank people uh, in the intros and outros and stuff. Just like thank them for listening to this because it's been a, a fun little little adventure and stuff. So <laughs> yeah,
1: um, totally right. I mean, it's just fun. I mean, I, I think we're up to I, I you and I. Are, Geek out about the numbers, mm-hmm. and just seeing seeing it, it's it's like four to four hundred, four fifty a week are listening to downloads per week, um, listening to different podcasts,
0: and you um, know we're up to. Uh, how many how many
1: podcasts at this
0: point? Uh, uh, as of the recording of this episode, I just finished editing the 65th episode, so I think yeah. By the time this goes up, just because I uh, um, got some more people lined up and stuff. But so as that, of this recording, as this, this date, date, 65. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it was wild. So we're we getting close to cl- I think close to 100 by the uh, the end of the year. So we'll have to think of something fun for the hundredth. Oh uh, yeah, I got yeah, I got to start brainstorming yeah. <laughs>
1: I hope it's fireworks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> In my office, I'll just shoot him out of the windows or something. Just Oh, uh. well,
1: there goes Dustin again, everybody. <laughs> he just got fired from his job. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, the last day, just like, Leda loses, Just like, yeah. pew, pew. But it's okay, because we hit the 100th episode. That's right. It's all worth it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's a lot of the stuff we wanted to talk about. Is there anything else uh, you just want to sh- kind of put out there into the ether?
1: Uh, in the ether, um, uh, just a just a thanks. Uh, it, it's fun. You and I usually do these little Swift kicking it episodes every quarter, and so we're kind of bopping in and out. And in between, there's all sorts of work going on. I think actually, I want to do one quick shout out. Um, mm-hmm. I want to do a shout out to uh, the leadership team and uh, of the Student Affairs Collective. Uh, specifically, a group of uh, some of the leaders are leaving, uh, and usually it's about a, a year. People will stay on a year, maybe two years, to commit to doing various parts of it, uh, and and there's and it's a rewarding position because it allows them to reach uh, a larger audience that maybe they weren't able to before. Um, but we're we're losing some we're I don't want to say losing <laughs> some some uh, amazing essay pros are moving on and mm-hmm. opening up uh, to some newer essay pros to come in and be a part of the leadership team. So. Uh, I want to give some shout-outs here to uh, Kristen, Erica, and Lisa, uh, specifically who are uh, moving on to do bigger and better things um, with uh, their, their, their jobs and, and what they're passionate about. Uh, they have been uh, just amazing champions for this community, uh, and if you don't follow them on Twitter, well, uh, uh, Dustin, if we could put the in the show notes mm-hmm. their, their Twitter handles. Uh, just to give them uh, some some boost because uh, I'm I, I'm excited to see what they do next and and, and I'm uh, honored that we got to be a part of their journey uh, here at the Student Affairs Collective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They will be sorely missed, but we uh, wish them well. Godspeed, Erica, Kristen, Lisa. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we'll link to uh, some of the stuff we talked about, uh, all the stuff we talked about in the show notes, and um, yeah, I think that's that's a wrap. It's good to talk to you, Tom. Good to catch up.
1: Likewise. Have a great, uh, summer.
0: Yeah. i uh, I'm going out for, uh, for, uh, 4th of July, uh, down to Boston. So I'm really excited for that. That's my next, my next thing. So it's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Nice. Uh, oh, and, and, and by the way, happy birthday a month ago. There yeah. you go.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate See, it. We'll just celebrate in a, a month later. Yes. All. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'll talk to you later, Tom.
1: See ya. Bye. Right, bye.
0: Thank you so very, very much for listening to this awesome episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast. Now, we'd appreciate it if you click on over to the iTunes store and leave us a rating and review for this podcast. It helps us reach a wider audience and helps more people hear all the awesome things we talk about every single week. So we'd really appreciate it. Just leave a rating review, and we will see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.